0: Okay, we're good. The heartbeat's stronger, but we're not out of the woods. We need to get things going now. I think the cord is wrapped around the neck, okay? What? So I'm gonna give you some medicine, pop the bag and get things going, okay? I don't wanna leave the baby in there for long, and we can give you some medicine for the pain.
1: Uh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want the baby to be born all drugged out. It's not my birth plan. No,
0: things change, we don't have time to debate this.
1: What, no, but no, I'm not comfortable with that, I'm not.
0: No, would you please just listen to her? Fine, do we want to do? Whoa, 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 what? Should I leave? Do you want to be the doctor? Because I really don't need to be here. No, what we want is to take a second to talk about our options, okay? That's No. You mean you want to take a second to tell me how to do my job? My job is to get that baby out safely. Or I can go home. Just let me know. You be the doctor. Can we talk outside in the home for a second? That woman is a control freak, and she needs to let go and let me do my job. Look, she's just having a hard time because her and our doctor had a very specific birth plan and they wanted it to be a very special experience. If you want a special experience, go to a Jimmy Buffett concert.
2: Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from the movie uh, Knocked Up for the same reason I used that movie Fins by Jimmy Buffett. You know, hey, you want a special experience? Go to a Jimmy Buffett concert. You know, that's a uh, uh, that's a uh, tribute to our friend Jimmy Buffett, who we lost on uh, the first of September. So uh, last week in uh, you know Margaritaville, man, everyone uh, everyone on TV and everywhere is using Margaritaville, but I thought I'd use a. A different song uh, that was Finn's uh, to uh, to give him a tribute. He died of skin cancer, and uh, at age 76, and uh, he left he left a he left a, uh, he left a lasting uh, a last, lasting legacy with all his music. And of course, you know, a fair skinned guy living in Margaritaville in the sun in the sun, you know. You know you're gonna get get skin concert. You spend that much time in Margaritaville in uh, in the tropical uh, tropical sun. So anyway, uh, we will remember him forever. So uh, I'm gonna talk about everything going on this week and everything that I'm sure you're you're experiencing, and uh, maybe you just haven't put your finger on. On all, the, on all the realities of what's going on. But before I do, let me introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and fantastic opportunities are coming, and uh, they're around if you know how to look for them. Uh, if you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, that's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020 whether that's to uh, refinance a piece of property that you own, whether it's to uh, and to get rid of all those high interest credit cards and that high interest auto loans that you have, which we'll be talking about later, um, or to uh, purchase a piece of property you'd like to own, whether that's in California or another state, Or uh, you want to check out one of those reverse mortgage things that everybody's talking about to bridge the gap between how many years you have left and how much money you have left, Um, call me, 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone, but you do want to get some information about financing, uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo, put in all your information that you want me to have, tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, Any part of the show you want repeated or you missed missed one one week, uh, stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows and uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Where you can actually subscribe for free and have it download once a week to your uh, to your uh, iPhone or your iPad or your i or your uh, iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your computer, whatever you listen to uh, podcasts on. Uh, I record on Friday mornings; it uploads Friday afternoon, and some sometime shortly thereafter, it will download to your device. Listen to it anytime you want. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. And, uh, and I will, uh, I will either, uh, respond or I'll talk about it on the radio or I'll just, uh, take your advice and, uh, be quiet. But I, but I do see them all. Um, so anyway, let's talk about what's going on. The Biden white house is pulling out all the stops to rescue the president's image amid his unpopular reelection bid. Nobody likes this guy. And another round of events where he appears to have little empathy for the pain of real Americans, like comparing the Maui wildfire to his fake 2004 house fire being the latest example. The campaign campaign is going all in on promoting Biden's economic policies as a victory for Americans. And they're also getting all in on the nickname they've been giving those policies, Bidenomics. You know, that's a victory for Americans. Apparently they didn't inform any of us because we're all... uh, we're all experiencing a whole different whole different uh, idea of what he thinks we are. If Bidenomics sounds familiar, that's because it's Republicans invented the term at least a year ago. It was meant to be an insult. It was meant to be a slur for the Biden administration's big government spending policies that led to the current era of record high inflation, high gas prices, high energy prices, high grocery prices, high everything prices, and, uh, you know, It's uh, it's not been a a vacation for uh, for America. And, uh, you know, I'm not in this situation where it's where it's crimping my lifestyle. But um, for the normal for for people with that are working and still trying to uh, build their build their estate, I know everyone's having problems. In fact, Biden himself said, I didn't come up with the name. I really didn't. Oh, No joke. No, yeah, we, we we came up with Bidenomics to, to make fun of you. So, uh, But in recent months, his team has slowly started incorporating Bidenomics into the campaign messaging. Remember, they briefly tried to do that with Build Back Better. But the name of a dead bill doesn't make for a great campaign slogan. Plus, you know, we all know that nothing's been built, nothing's back. And, uh, you know, nothing seems to be better. And I say, you know what I, I saw? I, uh, I've seen signs say, hey, you know what? Uh, you don't need to build back better. Just put it back how you found it. Biden struggles to make Bidenomics a plus, not a minus. When the chant slamming President Biden spread from NASCAR race to T shirts and bumper stickers across red America two years ago, the White House pulled off perhaps its savviest messaging feat to date. Remember uh, when uh, uh, the interviewer was interviewing Brandon Brown after he uh, just uh, finished, uh, just won a NASCAR race? and the, and they were chanting in the stands F Joe Biden F Joe Biden it was loud and clear and as they're as they're chanting that they the the reporter goes oh look they're they're chanting your name let's go Brandon let's go Brandon and everybody knew she she didn't say the right thing and and it all became let's go Brandon so uh so LGB was supposed to be FJB biden aides repackaged the Let's Go Brandon insult and morphed it into Dark Brandon, a celebratory meme casting Mr. Biden as some sort of omnipotent mastermind. If you've seen it, it's, a, it's a, uh, like a picture of Joe Biden with the, his face darkened out. Then we heard Joe Biden say, well, hey, you know what? I don't mind you guys making jokes at me, but he puts on his dark sunglasses and says, Dark Brandon might not. So he thought it, they thought it was some kind of a little uh, comic book um, uh, demon. Now the White House and Biden campaign is several weeks into another appropriation play, but isn't going nearly as well this time. Aides in July announced that the president would run for re-election on the virtues of Bidenomics, proudly reclaiming the right's derisive term for Mr. Biden's economic policies. The gambit does not appear to be working yet. Even as Mr. Biden presides over what by all indicators is a strong economy, one on track to dodge the recession many had feared, he is still struggling to convince most of the country of the strength of his economic stewardship. Yeah, recession dodged. I think we're in a recession. I think it's already started. And you know what uh I've uh, I've mentioned this I've mentioned this before, but you know the the signs of a recession uh, first, were uh, two quarters in a row of negative negative GDP. We had that, and of course they said, "Oh, the the unemployment rate. The um, unemployment rate is so far down." Well, the unemployment, the other the other sign of a of a recession coming up uh, coming is when you see the unemployment rate tick down to its lowest levels and then start to tick up. Well, last Friday, unemployment rate ticked from 3.3 percent to 3.8 percent, and nobody's talking about it. Which I don't understand. Twenty-two percent, twenty-two percent less property sales in twenty twenty-three than twenty twenty-two in the Inland Empire. Credit card uh, credit card balances just ticked over a trillion dollars for the first time in history, and uh, people can't afford their can't afford to to uh, to sell their houses because they've got three percent mortgages and they don't want to qualify with a seven percent mortgage. And uh, so they're just not selling. So things are slowing down. But that wouldn't be a recession because Biden didn't say it was. So struggling is an understatement. The latest AP poll shows that 34% of Americans approve of Biden's economic leadership. And those people are, uh, are really just bots that they called and said, hey, do you like Biden's economic leadership? And they go, yeah, "Blink, check, check the approve button they're not really people and that's why for the past two years the campaign has been releasing ads where ordinary americans talk about how great the economy is because of joe biden's being a so-called fighter this one is called one of joe biden's favorite catchphrases catch a break
3: my name is kyla and concrete has been my career i'm a cement mason by trade being a mom is hard it's just hard in a different way it's really unique to catch a break I feel like Joe Biden understands people like me. Good to see you, man. All of the things that Biden bought to get past help the middle class. Wages are going up around here. The people that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, they're getting a pay raise. What President Biden has accomplished is actually helping real people.
4: I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this
2: message. Yeah, people are getting raises. People are getting raises out there. It's easy to catch a break. Well. She mentioned that concrete is her life. She's a cement mason. So I called my friend Kelly Dickinson, who owns Superior Concrete. Uh, Superior Concrete, and if you're in the Inland Empire, this is the guy I have do all the stuff on my house and my properties. Uh, you know, small small uh, concrete jobs I've had uh, other people do when it's on a rental house, but when it's on my on my house or or one of my one of my properties that needs to come out perfect, I always call Superior Concrete. Um. So, uh, I ca- I asked Kelly. I said, "Hey, Kelly, listen to this commercial and tell me what you what what your comments are." He said, "I'm dealing with some of the most challenging times I've ever experienced in making a profit and survival due to cost. I try to pass on to my customer and justify it in my heart, and keep a balance of st- keep a balance so I can stay in business. I'm very perplexed at this point. If I keep pushing forward or decide being a business owner in the state of California does not make sense, I'm sure." that others are going through the same thing and they're in the same spot. I'm waiting for change or move in a different direction. That's real people, folks. That's real people. You know, I didn't, I take, she said she's in the cement cement business. So I called, so I called my friend Kelly that owns the concrete company and said, Hey, what's your, what's your comment on this? I think it's BS because I'm not hearing anybody talking about how, how they're doing well. Are wages going up? They're going up for some people, but they're not going up as fast as the cost of, of living anymore. Here's another new campaign ad designed to sell us on the idea that all that pandemic spending was just Joe Biden, quote unquote, fighting for us.
1: It was the worst pandemic in 100 years. The worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. But America fought back. Today, unemployment is at record lows. Our economy leading the world. Joe Biden passed historic laws to rebuild the country, but he knows it's the American people who are the heroes of this story.
4: America is back. We've shown each other in the world that there's no quit in America. There's simply no quit in America.
1: In small towns and big cities, we're coming back stronger than ever. Manufacturing jobs are coming home. High-speed computer chips are getting made right here. America is leading the world in clean energy. There are some who say America is failing, not Joe Biden. He believes our best days are ahead because he believes in the American people.
4: Those who bet against America are learning how wrong they are. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America, never. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message.
2: Yeah, there's no there's no quit in America. That's why we're... Uh, we're all getting uh, riled up for the 2024 campaign and to put Trump back in office to get things back where they're supposed to be. And you say, hey, some people say America's failing. If you've seen this commercial, you see when he uh, when they say it, when he says some people say America's failing. They showed a picture of Donald Trump. And I would say, hey, I'm behind Trump. And I say America's failing because it's obvious. I have my eyes open and I pay attention. And, uh, you know, it's never been a good bet to bet against America. Well tell China that because China's, China's betting against America. That's why they're not showing up the G20 summit. And, uh, because, Hey, we've sent, we've sent our people over there to kiss up to China, you know, Janet Yellen going over to China and saying, well, hell we believe, you know, healthy, healthy, uh, healthy competition, but not a winner take all. You know, you only say that when you're, when, uh, your opponent's about to take all. So, uh, Hey, in other words, she's saying, Hey, please don't, Please don't pinch us out to where we don't have any, have any uh, more, uh, more uh, econo- economy going in our country because you guys can just turn everything off because we get everything from you. It's disgusting. On Labor Day, Biden gave a speech in where else Pennsylvania never gets too far away from Delaware where he lives where he claimed to have added more than 13 million jobs since taking office and threw out some dubious claims about job, uh, uh, Trump's jobs numbers.
4: Nearly 13,500,000 jobs just since you got me sworn in in, in January of 2020. 800,000 new manufacturing jobs. But you wouldn't know from all the negative news you hear, but we're getting through this one of the greatest job creation periods in American history. For real, that's a fact. And you know, it wasn't that long ago we were losing jobs in this country. In fact, the guy who held this job before me was just one of two presidents in history. He was one of, but here's an important point: one of two presidents who left office with fewer jobs in America than when he got elected office. By the way, you know who the other one was? Herbert Hoover.
2: Oh, my God, Herbert Hoover was president during the Great Depression. Uh, Not quite his fault. Not quite his fault that the Great Depression happened, you know, because the stock market crashed in 29 and the bank failures had everybody in a panic and a big drought. And just like uh, Trump, if you remember, Trump drove the unemployment rate down lower, lower than anyone. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And I don't think and then then they tout the tout the numbers that he lost five million jobs from compared to where he started. I don't know. This just doesn't seem to add up to me. And of course, if you look at the list of of, uh, how many job creations, the other one who's the lowest was was uh, half a million jobs was George W. Bush because he was in president. And what happened at the end of his term? Uh, the economic, the the global economic meltdown due to subprime mortgages. Which, if you read my book, experience matters. Here's mine. I have a whole chapter on what caused that and how and how it went down. But. You know, you listen to you listen to Biden you get another another piece of reality and it's uh it's coming from fantasy land. Let's do some fact checking from the House Budget Committee. Nearly 72% of all job gains since 2021 were simply jobs that were being recovered from the pandemic, not new job creation. In fact, when looking at today's economy compared to pre-pandemic levels, employment is only up 3.7 million jobs. On the other hand, prior to pandemic, job creation under President Trump was 6.7 million, three million more jobs than the current president. And let's remember when Trump, what Trump's message was throughout the shutdown.
4: Our country's not supposed to be, you know, it's not, it's not built to shut down. Our people are full of vim and vigor and energy. They don't wanna be locked into a, a house or an apartment or some space. And I said, you know, I don't want the cure to be worse than the problem itself. So I would love to have the country opened up and uh, just raring to go. We had the best economy in the history of our country three weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, we're supposed to shut it down. And then we're supposed to pay people not to go to work. And we have to go back to work much sooner than people thought. (laughs) And people can go back to work and they can also practice good judgment. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of jobs, millions of jobs. The faster we go back, the better it's going to be. We have to get back to work.
2: Yep. If you re- and you all remember that, you all remember that Trump was pushing against it, but the but the Democrats and the and the media were pushing this fear campaign on us to uh, to control us, and specifically so they could have an all mail in vote and get rid of Trump in twenty twenty. Just like you see, they're starting to push right now. COVID's coming back. We need to mask up. We might have to come up with a new vaccine, and there will be an all-mail-in vote uh, because of it. We all remember what Trump was doing, negotiating with uh, with companies to keep them from moving. The air conditioning company uh, uh, that he tried to that he kept from going to Mexico by doing some tax breaks, some deals with uh, to keep people uh, keep our jobs here instead of going to Mexico and other countries. We saw it because Trump was actively involved. What have we seen Biden do? Nothing. Now from the Washington Post fact checker, presidents do not create jobs, companies and consumers do. So much depends on a business cycle and whether the president had luck or misfortune to take office during an economic upswing or downswing. The Federal Reserve and Congress also play important roles. Measuring job growth by presidential term is simply not a useful measure. So much depends on circumstances beyond a president's control and also whether a president serves two terms. You know what we have uh, we, we have our eyes open. We know what Trump did. We know how life was when Trump was in there, and whether you thought he was a mean guy or not, he made li- he, his policies made life better. Gas was cheaper. Everybody was working, drilling, drilling for oil, uh, building things in this country, and things were were better and getting better all the while that everybody was fighting against him. As for the claim that Trump was one of two presidents to leave office with fewer jobs than when he got elected, the Washington Post fact-checker says, only since World War II has the government routinely collected data on gu- unemployment. So that means there is solid data on the last 13 presidents, including Trump, but not all 45 presidents. There may have been earlier presidents with negative job loss during their terms. Herbert Hoover, president when the Great Depression hit, comes to mind. In other words, there's no way to know for sure if Trump and Herbert Hoover were the only two presidents to have to have net negative job creation. The only reason we know about Hoover's job creations at all is because the Depression economy has been written about so extensively. The unemployment rate jumped from 3.2% to 24.9% during Hoover's one term presidency. And uh, but you know but guess what it hardly matters because Democrats have been recycling that talking point about Herbert Hoover for almost 20 years. They created it back in 2004 as a talking point for John Kerry to use against George W. Bush. From the Center of Amer- for American Progress, April 2004, headline: Bush job record still the worst since President Hoover. Also from 2004 Washington Post, Kerry says Worst jobs record since Hoover, excerpts from John, from Senator John, John F. Kerry uh, interview with the Washington Post editors and reporters. Kerry says, the economy in this country is the worst shape it's been in many, many years. It's the worst growth since Herbert Hoover was president. So this Herbert Hoover thing is essentially a useless statistic. If Democrats use something like that over and over multiple times to attack different Republican candidates, you can bet it's a hollow claim. Here's more from Biden's Labor Day speech, some pretty egregious claims in here.
4: When the last guy was here, you were shipping jobs to China. Now we're bringing jobs home from China. When the last guy was here, when the last guy was here, your pensions were at risk. We helped save millions of pensions with your help. When the last guy was here, he looked at the world from Park Avenue. I look at it from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I look at it from Claymont, Delaware. Not a joke. Can you believe we used to have the best infrastructure in the world? And then we fell to number 13 in the world. Roads, bridges, entered the whole deal. 13. The United States of America, 13th in the world. But guess what? Guess what? The great real estate builder, the last guy here, he didn't build a damn thing. (laughs) Under my predecessor, Infrastructure Week became a punchline. On my watch, infrastructure has been a decade, and it's a headline.
2: Yeah, shipping jobs to China? I don't think so. Pensions at risk? Seems to me that we were due for a stock market adjustment in 2016 when Trump got there. That's why I didn't have any money in the stock market, all in all in money market or real estate. And then Trump came in and fired up the economy so big, we had the Trump bump, where the stock market went crazy. I missed it because I was I was uh, I was predicting the stock market adjustment that should have happened otherwise. I don't think that put pensions at risk. I think it put them at less risk. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for the first half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be back with lots more. Somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed.
4: She was looking kind of dumb with her feet.
2: Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, but if you're uh, if you're in the middle of real estate and finance uh, uh, transaction and you need some uh, advice on uh, financing, or if you're in the middle of a uh, of being up to your up to your ears in debt and uh, you want to see about transferring some of it to your real estate uh, and lowering your payments, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo. So uh, I opened up the second half with that uh, song All-Star from Smash Mouth in tribute to Steve Harwell. We lost Steve Harwell over Labor Day weekend as well as Jimmy Buffett, and uh, Steve Harwell was the lead singer of Smash Mouth, died of uh, liver cancer at the young age of 56. Uh, If if you recognize that song as the theme song to the movie Shrek, you are correct. You are correct. As soon as the thing came out, uh, my wife goes, oh... Smash Mouth. That's the Shrek song. And she started singing it. So uh, I said, hey, if my wife remembers it, everybody else remembers it. We better do a tribute. So uh, so anyway, let's get on. Let's get on with the show before. In the first half, we're talking about uh, Joe Biden's uh, Labor Day speech. Joe Biden's campaign. Joe Biden's uh, uh, gaslighting gaslighting. Efforts to to try to tell everybody that we're that we're so much happier that we have there's an economic uh, economic landslide for us because of Bidenomics and uh, and we're talking about what's reality. So uh, I talked about how uh, how Trump at uh, during his term had had off have uh, had derailed a a pending uh, stock market adjustment where we expected a stock market crash in around 2016 or 2017. Um, if you've read my book, I talked about how uh, how uh, Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad's Prophecy uh, uh, predicted, Rich Dad had predicted that we'd see a stock market crash as the baby boomers started to turn 70 and everyone had to start taking money out of the stock market. And that would happen in 2016. So 2016, 2017, in, those, in that in that range, you would expect that everybody would have panicked when all this money's coming out of the stock market and they would panic and pull their money out. We'd see a stock market crash. I was ready for it, had all of my money and all my money that wasn't in real estate, had it in money markets, which didn't really do much. Uh, and I was advised, and I was telling people, hey, we're going to have a stock market crash. So, you know, Consider that when you're putting uh, putting all your money in stocks, and uh, and then we got uh, Trump elected and he turned the economy all around, and we got the Trump bump, and we saw the stock market soar. We saw 401ks, uh, 401k values go go vertical, just get get crazy, crazy. Everyone was talking about, it. and and Biden talks about how he put all your pensions at risk. So, let's talk about things he said in that, in that clip that I played right before we ended the first half. Let's talk about the idea that he's bringing jobs home from China. Thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, corporations got $216 billion in green, en- green energy tax credits. Here's what the House Ways and Means Committee found. This is from the Office of Committee Chairman Jason Smith of Missouri, a Republican. American companies that are cashing in on these credits are also funneling tax dollars to foreign countries like China. Ford, for example, is using Inflation Reduction Act special interest tax credits to hire Chinese workers at a Michigan plant as part of a newly announced partnership with a Chinese company that is clearly under the influence of the Chinese Communist Party. So I've talked about this a couple months ago on the show where they're building a uh, electric vehicle battery plant in the, in the state of Michigan and they're housing all these uh, Chinese Communist Party people that are, that are coming over to, uh, to run it. In uh, the local, one of the local universities, in their in their uh, in their housing at the university, and that's bringing jobs to America. They're not bringing uh, they're not bringing Americans jobs. They're bringing Chinese jobs to America, and they're bringing the Chinese people co- to come in and and do those jobs. So. Uh, I don't know how, how he's bringing jobs back from China. This is a screwy way to do it. And of course, in my, in my eyes, climate change is just a way so that all the, all the uh, Democrats friends that come up with uh, solar companies and wind companies and other, any other green companies to uh, pilfer money out of the tax fund because we're just not going to uh, we're just not gonna change climate change uh if it if even if it is man made we're just not going to do it by ourselves while china india keep continue to to pollute and take us over economically and i hate to uh hate to quote jimmy fela a comedian on fox but he made an example said hey you know what we're doing with climate change is like is like uh, being in a big public pool and they mark off a 10 by 10 square and said this is the no pee zone you can you you can pee in the pool if you want, but not in this tin, not in this ten by ten square. And say, hey, does that does that keep the uh, the urine level out of the uh, out of the pool water? No, it doesn't, because we all share the same the same uh, environment. We all share the same uh, atmosphere, and we all share the same oceans. And it's all it's all happening like that. So you know, hey, let's just kill our economy to make it happen. So uh, as for the claim that he saved your pension. Biden is referring to a 90 billion dollar bailout for union pensions that was tucked into the American Rescue Plan. That was tucked into the American Rescue Plan during COVID. The bailout directed funds to more than 200 insolvent multi-employer pension funds for about 3 million unionized workers. So all these union union workers had these had these uh, these people that were managing their their pensions that mismanaged it. And so we paid, we, the taxpayers, we paid $90 billion to them so they could prop up their pension pensions. Uh, but if you're not part of that, that uh, though, if you're not a member of those unions, we just spent money. We spent money to save somebody else. But if, so if you're not one of those unions, you're out of luck. Not to mention the fact that the union members will still pay for the bailout in the form of tax hikes, interest rate hikes, and inflation, just like the rest of us. So let's talk about the truths of the Bidenomics based on what real Americans are experiencing every day. Rising credit card and auto loan debt is making headlines all over all over this week. Let's look at the Washington Post, what they're reporting. Delinquencies rise for credit cards and auto loans, and it could get worse. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, $1 trillion credit card debt, $1 trillion. People, while, while Biden tells us how great everybody's doing, people's savings have dwindled and their credit card debt is up and you know hey when you run out of, when you run out of uh, money in your bank account to make up the the shortage in your budget then you start turning to credit cards and when your credit cards run out if you're the government you just print some more money and raise the debt ceiling but if you're a if you're a family in America once the once the bank says hey you're up to limit you can't borrow anymore you're just screwed more Americans are, are falling behind on their car loans and credit card payments than at any time in more than a decade, a troubling signal of consumer stress as higher prices and rising borrowing costs are squeezing household budgets. The increase in, in delinquencies and defaults is symptomatic of the tough decisions that these households are having to make right now, whether to pay their credit card bills, their rent, or buy groceries, or turn on their heater, uh, said Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics. As the economy finds its post-pandemic footing, there are signs the hardship for millions of consumers will get worse before it improves. The average credit card interest rate, already at a record high of 20.6%, appears likely to keep climbing. As the Federal Reserve indicated, it could continue raising interest rates to get inflation under control. Banks and other lenders have been clamping down on credit for months a process that accelerated after the spring banking crisis sent shockwaves through the industry when SVP Bank, SVB Bank, and Signature Bank, and Silvergate Bank uh, went insolvent. There are 70 million more credit card accounts open now than there were in 2019, and Americans' total credit card debt just topped $1 trillion for the first time, according to the New York Fed. So let me point out to you people, when you look at your credit card statements, when they come this month, Open them up and don't just look at the the balance or your minimum payment. Look at the interest rate on them. So every time the Fed uh, raises the Fed funds rate, the next day the prime rate increases. And if you look at your credit cards, your credit card interest rates are based on the prime rate plus a margin. So every time they raise the rates, your credit card rates go up. And of course, course, uh, auto loans do the same thing, except for your auto loans aren't adjustable. So as as the fed funds rate goes up the prime rate goes up the rates on on uh, auto loans go up the rates on your uh, home equity lines of credit go up but look at your look at your credit card statements this month before you pay that minimum payment and look at what the interest rate is it's way higher it's it's way higher than it was 3 years ago it goes on to say that credit card delinquencies will continue to rise in the second half of the year let's jump ahead to the section on car payments delinquencies on auto loans, which have already hit rates last seen during the financial crisis of the late 2000s, are also likely to keep climbing. The situation is even worse for borrowers with bad credit. During the financial crisis, so people with bad credit walk into a, into a car dealer to finance a car and they look at your credit and even if it's, even if it's, uh, even if it's respectable but it's not perfect, they take you to the cleaners. And instead of getting a a 4% car loan, you get a 12% or a 15% or a 20% car loan. So when they talk about uh, subprime, they're talking about subprime car loans. So uh, situations even worse for borrowers with bad credit. 5% of those people with subprime car loans were 60 days or more past due on their loans back in the, the, in the meltdown of 2008, 2009, 2010. That number today stands at close to 7%, according to data from Equifax. The article also states that all this debt is being carried by everyone from low-income Americans to Americans earning six figures. So it's not just low-income Americans that don't pay attention to their credit. Sounds like Bidenomics is really working. Got to hand it to that Biden guy. He's making things easier. Not Here's Biden economic advisor, Jake Bernstein, and if you've ever heard, seen Jake Bernstein on the on Fox News, on Newsmax, on CNN, on MSNBC, any of these, this guy is a is a complete spin spin doctor. He, this guy can spin any anything anywhere he wants. He's a he's super smooth in changing the subject. So here he is on CNNBC's Squawk Box this weekend.
4: It leaves a very sour taste in most people's mouths. And if you do it, we talk about it all the time. You say people, if you ask them individually about certain things, they're more optimistic. But only one third consistently of Americans buy into your contention that Bidenomics is working. So you've got to come on. Maybe you need to come on every day
0: because it's not working, (laughs) your message. Well, uh, I I certainly don't have the uh, luxury of doing that. But let me uh, talk a little bit about Bidenomics and people's sentiment about it. I think the polls that you're reflecting are oftentimes very much 30 or 40,000 feet up. I'm not discounting them, by the way. I know they're real, but I want to tell you a little bit about some poll results that ask about the specific components of Bidenomics. Okay? 82% support capping insulin costs for seniors at $35 a month. 81% support giving Medicare the power to negotiate for lower prescription drugs, which by the way is now very much in the system and it's helping to reduce the deficit. The other point you just raised, it cuts the deficit by a hundred billion over 10 years. Now, look, my point is that you can barely get Americans, 80 percent of Americans, to agree on anything. And here they are, line after line, agreeing about the importance of the components of, uh, of Bidenomics. So I think it's uh, a, a inaccurate nar- a, 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 an inaccurate narrative to declare that somehow Bidenomics isn't working or that it's not uh, uh, favorably received by people when you drill down into what it actually is.
2: Yeah, you got 80 82% of Americans agree that capping insulin cost is is a good thing. Yeah, well 82% of Americans don't take insulin, they're not diabetics, but according to uh my engineer here at the radio station, uh 80 where uh, Dan who said, who is actually a diabetic, he said that his uh his cost per month for insulin, his copay was 30 bucks just before uh Biden said uh, that the copay was was being capped at thirty five percent, and so what did he do? He capped copays. He didn't cap the the cost of insulin. And you know what? They say, hey, you know what? Eighty one percent of people think Medicare being able to cut uh, is a good thing. Being able to negotiate uh, prescription drug costs. Everybody everybody agrees. Hey, if you say, hey, how many people agree cutting the cost of groceries is a good thing? You know, ninety nine percent of the people will will agree that having the Price of gas go down is a good thing, and of course the Biden administration will talk about when the price of gas goes down for a week or two. Uh, but you know what? I filled up my truck on uh, Tuesday for five dollars and sixty nine point nine cents a gallon for a Supreme, and uh, and I just don't see that as as happening. That's the reality of what's going on. I don't see. Gas prices coming down. Uh, I took a picture in October of uh, 2020, right before the election, when I went to Bullhead City for uh, for uh, Trump's Trump's uh, rally at the Bullhead City Airport, and I took a picture of the gas station, a dollar a gallon, and of course a dollar seventy two in Arizona is like is uh, like two seventy two in in California, uh, because there's always an extra dollar of taxes in California, but two seventy two versus 570. Yeah, everyone would agree that. So you see how how they're they're trying to spin this into saying everything's good. It's not what you're experiencing is reality. Meanwhile, meanwhile Biden's most memorable exchange with reporters this week has everyone puzzled. On Sunday reporters met with him outside a church in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, to ask why he was staying at the beach house again since that's his vacation house. And he just wrapped up separate vacations uh, in Lake Tahoe, preceded by another vacation in the Rehoboth Beach house. The RNC has done the math, and as of August 18th, Joe Biden has spent 382 out of his 960 days as president so on vacation. So 40 percent of his presidency is on vacation. That includes dates that includes days spent on official vacation, personal business, and days at one of his two Delaware homes. So how does that compare with other other presidents? Trump 380 out of his 400, 414 days. Of course, you know, when he's on the golf course, he's on the golf course with senators and and uh, and representatives of the House of Representatives and he's doing business. Obama suppos- supposedly only 328 days in 8 years. That's BS. We know that he spent 328 days just in Hawaii. Uh, George W Bush, Bush thousand twenty days in eight years, and of course we saw George W. Bush, and I and I wrote about this in my book. Uh, he spent his time at at uh, Camp David and Crawford, Texas, his ranch. Uh, so it would need it would need less uh, Secret Service uh, uh, protection than going out into Hawaii and other resorts like Obama did, and uh, and of course he was always working during that time. We know we saw it on TV, and say well. Biden does that. Does anybody see Biden working on his vacations? We see him riding his bike and falling down. We see him eating ice cream. We see him laying on the beach. We don't see him working on his vacations. In response to the question, are you on vacation again? Here's Biden's bizarre answer. The
4: reason I'm here today, just for one day, I know I'm on vacation. I'm not. I have no home to go to. The Secret Service has torn my house up in a good way to make it secure so I have no place to go when I come to Delaware except here right now. I'm only here for one day. Are you homeless? No, I'm not homeless. I just have one home, my beautiful home. But I, I'm down here for the day because I can't go home.
2: Are you homeless? No, I'm not homeless. You know what? Hey, Joe Biden, how about the White House? How about you spend the day working like everybody else has to do? Instead of, uh, well, you know, hey, I had to come down here because the Secret Service is remodeling my house for security. Because uh, someone from the Democrat Party wants to assassinate me, and uh, because they don't want me to run for president, but uh, they know that I don't, I don't. And of course, uh, we all saw Trump working on his on his vacations. We saw we saw Obama uh, when Obama was on vacation. We saw him come off the come off the uh, the golf course to address that one of our reporters had their head cut off by ISIS, and he came off came off the golf course, made a little. Two-minute comment, and then got right back on the golf course. Uh, He went to Hawaii and shut basically uh, Hawaii down during the Christmas season. Um, And of course, uh, I have a friend who told me that he talked to a Secret Service agent, who said that uh, when Biden goes to uh, Delaware, he spends about hours and hours sitting in front of his in in a chair in front of his window, just staring out the out the out the front window. And of course, we see what we see on TV. We see the, uh, we see him sitting in the in the beach chair and moving it around, and we see him on his bikes, and we see him eating ice cream, and uh, you know what? This guy's on vacation even when he's working. So let's talk about uh, about the age the age of our government. We all know uh, Biden's mental acuity or that lack thereof is what disqualifies him from serving another four-year term. But unlike Democrats, Republicans aren't afraid to publicly call out their own when it comes to this. So let's talk about it. As you likely know, 81-year-old Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell froze for a second second time in the past month, and ironically, it was after a question about whether he would run for his seat again. By now, we have all seen the the lengthy, awkward moment where he just stands there. Somebody asked him about whether he's going to run for re-election, and he just froze up, stood there, looking around, and uh, McConnell's aides had to intervene in his troubling uh, medical episode. On Tuesday, McConnell's office released a letter from the Capitol attending physician, Dr. Brian Monahan. The doctor wrote that there's no evidence that you have a seizure disorder or that you've experienced a stroke, TIA, TIA is a a mini stroke, or movement disorder such as Parkinson's disease. The same day he gave this this, uh, speech on the Senate floor on how he spent the month of August.
3: Now one particular moment of my time back home has received its fair share of attention in the press over the past week. But I assure you, August was a busy and productive month for me and my staff back in the Commonwealth. I kicked off the month in West Kentucky and then in my hometown of Louisville, where I met with small businesses and community leaders. We had a candid conversation on the critical issues facing our state. Throughout the month, I was pleased to see over $6 million go toward addressing the opioid crisis at home. This federal funding will go a long way in supporting programs that offer a lifeline to countless Kentuckians who struggle with substance abuse. (coughs) In Bowling Green, I met with community bankers to discuss what Senate Republicans are doing to put a check on the Biden administration's reckless spending and regulatory overreach. At the Kentucky State Fair, I had a chance to indulge in some of the best that the Bluegrass has to offer. I met with farmers from across the state to discuss their priorities and concerns as Congress takes up the all-important Farm Bill. This input will be vital to our work here in the Senate in the months ahead. In Northern Kentucky, I wrapped up the month with local business leaders to talk about some of our landmark infrastructure investments underway in the state, like overhauling the Brent Spence Bridge, and revitalizing our river ports and railroads. So, as the Senate gets back to work in Washington, I'll keep these conversations and concerns in the forefront of my mind.
2: Well, you know, he's old, and he's uh, he's he's probably talking a little slower than he used to, but he seems to be coherent. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a, a teleprompter. Uh, when he's talking in Congress or in the in the Senate, um, you can hear him turning the pages. So he's looking at notes, but he's not a uh, he's not clearly just reading them. And uh, but you know what? It seems like uh, we should be paying attention to this. Then Wednesday, McConnell held a press conference and acted like he didn't expect to hear the questions on his future plans.
0: Respectfully, can you tell us what is afflicting you and describe characterize what is the level of transparency that the people of Kentucky deserve to hear about your condition?
3: Well, I think Dr. Monahan covered.
0: We'd like to hear from you.
3: I, I know you are hearing from me. Mm-hmm. I think Dr. Monahan covered the subject fully. You had a chance to read it. I don't have anything to add to it, and uh, I think it should answer any reasonable question.
0: But do you have any plans to retire anytime soon?
3: I have no announcements to make on that subject. Well,
0: what do you say to those
3: who are— I, I'm going to finish my term as leader, and I'm going to finish my Senate term.
0: Thank you.
2: Well, clearly he, like Dianne Feinstein, intend to die in office. And, uh, you know, they should be looking at Feinstein and Joe Biden. And how about John Fetterman? Not an old guy, but he's incoherent as well. And maybe we should all be uh, taking a uh, common-sense look at this before we vote. Before we vote. So anyway, hey, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you with lots more next week.